Hey, Yetta, are habits useful or harmful? <laughs> I think that depends on what the habit is. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. So welcome to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited because together... We get to share techniques, thoughts, tools, tips that we all need. We all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we can turn our house into home where our families thrive and we get to live the best life possible. In this episode, we're going to consider that intimacy, whether with God, which is what we're talking about today, or intimacy with another person, it requires a dialogue not a monologue. And we're going to unpack a little bit. What does that really mean? Mm. And it's interesting. Is what I was thinking is I would like to read a poem to start our show today. It's called The Habit Poem. My favorite poem, your actually. Your favorite, yes. Yeah. I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half of the things you do, you might as well turn over to me, and I will do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of great people, and alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with the precision of a machine, plus the intelligence of a person. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who I who am I? I am a habit. And a habit, and I'm sure right now you're starting to think about all the habits in your life that exist. And, and I'm going to ask you to narrow your gaze, narrow your focus, narrow your intention, and think specifically about your habits that you have in relation to developing intimacy with your creator. How do you get close How do you stay connected? How do you continuously develop even deeper intimacy? It's all got to do with habits. Like, because it's not that one time. Well, I mean, the one time can change a thing. It can shift a direction. But the one time experience does not create lasting intimacy. Yeah, and I think intimacy with God is exactly the same as building intimacy with a person. And I read that book, it was actually by an FBI spy person, and he said, really what it takes to build a relationship with someone is the frequency that you connect, Mm -hmm. the length of time that you connect, Mm -hmm. and the depth at which you connect. And it's not a one way. Like, 
if we're talking to God or we're talking to another person, it's not just listening and it's not just speaking, right? Mm -hmm. It's not either or it's yes, speak and yes, listen. You know, many times that's where I fall down because I'll talk to God. I'm in a hurry. I'm going to get done what I need to tell God or, or, you know, confess to God. And then I don't wait to hear back. You forget that part, right? Well, I just, I run ahead. You run I, ahead. I run ahead. I don't wait for the response. And how does that work out? I know this wasn't what we were going to talk about, but <laughs> my isn't. brain just went, and what does that, what's the result of that? Well, I think a lot of times I get off of my chest what I need to get off. And because I don't hear from God, I don't have the same level of intimacy. I have some intimacy because I'm speaking with God, but I'm not spending enough time to hear and really get that dialogue going. Does it, I, I was thinking you might say it causes you to make some mistakes. Well, yeah, sometimes I run off on my own. I don't seek guidance on different decisions. And then afterward I go, ooh, that wasn't the best decision. And maybe if I'd spent some more time hearing from God, that wouldn't have happened. Maybe? Well, for sure. <laughs> okay. And it's interesting, I, I was talking to a friend um, and he said his grandson said he hears the voice of God. And and he asked his grandson, well, how do you know if it's the voice of God or Satan? How do you, how do you know it's actually God speaking to you or even maybe your own voice? And this uh, young, I don't know how old he is, maybe six years old, he said, well, because if I tell Satan to go away and the voice stays, then I know it's God's voice and not Satan's voice. Or his own, for that matter. Yeah. He had crystal clarity. And for so me, fun. yeah, it is so fun. I love that. For me, at the beginning, the thought of talking with God audibly would freak me out. Like, remember how much stress that used to cause me? Mm -hmm. And one of my first mentors said, well, why don't you just do it when you're in the car? Like, don't you sing when you're in the car? So just to get used to your own voice. I don't, I don't sing in the car either. <laughs> like, I don't listen to my own voice. Yeah. So it was, it was about 30 years ago, 30 years ago now. However, I remember the trepidation that I felt. And yet I knew that if I didn't develop a habit of not only listening, but also speaking, that there was no way I was going to get an intimacy with God. Mm. And so to create that habit, mm -hmm. right, of connecting with God, was there, what, what kind of times in the day, there's certain things we do, we call them rituals, if you like, mm -hmm. or, or habits, disciplines, mm -hmm. they're kind of all three connect pretty closely. Right. What times do we choose? To well, do that? one of the times I choose is, and it's not a, a tangible time. It's a time when I'm in the car. So that did develop a habit because I persevered through the tears and through the crying when I just couldn't figure it out in the early days. And now we also have specific times every day. So when we get up at five-ish, we go into the tranquility room and we will together and individually spend time both journaling and my walk with God journal, 
you journal mm-hmm. in your journal. We'll have some devotional time. We'll have scripture time and we'll have prayer time. So there's both time for listening and speaking. And then around meal times, I think we generally will remember if we're out and about, sometimes we don't, or often I don't eat. I do, you know, intermittent fasting and I do shakes and that doesn't always feel like food. <laughs> Um, but certainly mm. when we slow down enough to sit at a table to eat, then that would be another indication. Yeah. Bedtime. And, and bedtime. Yeah, bedtimes for children, bedtimes for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that many times we pray when things are going poorly. Yeah. And what I gotta ask myself is, do I pray when things are going really well? Do I praise God? Do I spend the time to say thank you? Even on a beautiful, glorious, sunny day, or even when it's raining. Thank you, God, for the rain. Exactly. And if you're thinking you want to continue this dialogue, then you know you can connect with us and check out our YouTube channel as well. Because there'll be more and more of these, and there's lots of faith episodes. About every quarter, we do a faith-specific episode. And so the reality is intimacy with God or with anyone, but specifically, let's talk about closeness and intimacy with God. It requires a dialogue, not only a monologue. So we're grateful to be your partners in moving forward together, building wealth, wisdom, and worth. I read it once. Why do I need to read it again? That is because repetition is the mother, brother, cousin, aunt, and uncle of learning. Isn't that good? Mm -hmm. Um, So we are excited that we've been able to create for you free access to over 587 episodes. I know, blows my mind where you can get access to real estate information, insider tips, making house home, building generational legacy and wealth. The reality of it is you can really get access to them anytime at home, at the office, or even on the go. Just check into our YouTube channel or even the podcast, if you like podcast style, on uh, CHRI. And so what we're going to discover in this episode is that as we have repetition, the consistency or repetition or the practice of a thing builds intimacy and it builds connection. Yeah, and sometimes I don't want to do it over and over and over again. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And yet that's what, you know, I I heard once a mastery, it's not doing it until you get it right. It's doing it until you can't get it wrong. Right. Which is brilliant. Like, isn't that an amazing quote? Like mm-hmm. we say that one a second time, I think. Sure. Mastery is not practicing it until you get it right. It's practicing until you cannot get it wrong. Right. And I think the other part of mastery when we're talking habits, because when we're connecting, developing intimacy and closeness with God, we're not looking about perfection or getting it right per se, other than actually doing the practice. Yeah, well, the scripture talks about hiding the word in your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, it can't be in your heart unless you kind of got it memorized. Now, we're not talking the memorization like we did, you know. We've done some. We've done some, but where you memorize word for word for word. But as you read it repetitively, I've found that in a certain situation, the scripture just bubbles up. It's not like it's memorized, but it kind of bubbles up out of my being 
and I don't even have to quote it or anything, or I don't know what verse in scripture or chapter or even what book it came from, other than it came from the book of the Bible. It just comes up and it and it's satisfying, it's uh releasing, it's peace giving, it's instructive. And it gives intimacy. Because mm-hmm. like even when that ha- that and that happens a lot, even in our morning time or when we're with other people, all of a sudden someone say, "Can you pray about this?" It's like, sure, we'll pray, and we are getting much better. And this again, it's a habit. And at first, this was an uncomfortable habit, and yet it has developed certainly a deeper trust of what God's saying to me. And that is when somebody says, "Can you pray for me?" It's like, yeah, let's do that right now. Mm-hmm. rather than I'll go away and I'll do that later because sometimes later doesn't happen is truth. It feels riskier though. And certainly the beginning, it felt so risky to say, I'll pray with you now because I was thinking I needed to sound a certain way or I needed to remember certain things or I needed to hit certain aspects as I was praying. And and now it's just I trust based on the intimacy with God that what is needed in the moment, even if it's not what I was thinking as my mind was maybe racing right before we started praying. But once I start praying, if I have that connection, what I find happens is something will drop and I maybe will say that thing two or three or four times in a different way, but it was the thing that was needed. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it wasn't even the obvious thing. Usually it's not no, the obvious well, many thing. Ta- <clears throat> many times it bubbles up out of your readings. Because have you ever read the Bible and then you reread it, whether it be three months, six months later or a year later, and suddenly you go, wow, that's different. Like the 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 word is alive. It speaks different things at different seasons or different times in my life. Well, even on the same day, if I reread the same <laughs> scripture, because I loved it that morning, I thought, okay, that's going to stick so with profound. me all day. It's so profound. It's yeah. going to give instruction for me. It's going to keep me connected to God today. And then I reread it and I get something entirely different, different on the same day. Or it's like... It's lost its oomph, you know, like you were so excited about it because it spoke to you in the moment. And then later it didn't as much because you didn't need it then. And then other times I find that reading different translations helps keep things fresh because I'm a guy that likes variety. I don't know what you're like. If you like the exact same thing, maybe you read the same translation for years upon years upon years. I like variety, so I'll pick up a different translation. And even if we're reading in our devotional, and I go, oh, that scripture is interesting, or I like the way it's played out here in this devo, I wonder what it's like in the Passion Translation or in the Message or some other version. Or the NIV or yeah. the English Standard. So quite often I'll pull a different Bible, and then if I still don't get quite what I'm thinking, I'll go to several other ones. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. that's a neat way to add to the reading of the word. And the neat thing now is with U version, which has been out for over twenty years, I think, and it's a free app that a church. If you don't know the backstory, it's Craig Rochelle's church. So worth kind of checking out the backstory of that because they started it 
really for their own congregants initially, I believe. And now they employ, I forget how many full-time, five, five full-time people just to keep the app developing new studies on it. New. So the great news is you don't even have to have a book with you. You don't have to have your journal with scripture in it or your Devo or a Bible with you. You can just have your phone, your smart device. What was, what was that app again? version. version, Isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. So yeah. it's amazing. And and they have five full-time staff and the, and the application is 100% free. Yeah, which is incredible, right? Yeah. And so that makes it even easier to develop patterns of behavior and rituals when you can just take it with you anywhere, anyhow, anytime. Mm. So when we first started this whole, how do we develop a consistent behavior? We would get up at five o'clock, 530 at that point, I guess. And we would start with a focus on the family on CHRI um, I guess we did that part way through, but we would do a Devo at one point, two-part harmony was where we started. But we've had different, so it doesn't have to be the same thing year in, year out, but you choose something that will allow you at a consistent time, or at least that's what we needed to do, to get us in yeah. the pattern of behavior to develop that connection. Yeah, I always heard about go into your prayer closet or whatever, and I thought, oh, who goes in the closet? That's just weird. And then I realized it's just a place. A place and usually a time, which really helps in the discipline of that habit of reading the word, is to go in. And if you've said, you know, I always wanted to read the Bible right through cover to cover, and we've done that several times, it's about 20 minutes of reading a day. Right. And it's the discipline of taking that 20 minutes. Right. So that's our challenge for you, actually. Our challenge for you today is set aside 20 minutes a day, whether you choose. And maybe you're doing way more than this, so you don't need to pick up the challenge. But maybe there's a new habit. There's a new thing that you want to add based on the ideas that we've shared today or just something that popped into your head where you heard that this is what you ought to do. So we're going to challenge a 20-minute block every single day that you can either read your scriptures or listen to God or listen and talk to God. Yeah, so no matter how you choose to read, just do it. God speaks through his word. We're thankful that we have the privilege of growing alongside you because we're passionate about all of us moving towards generational wealth. Yetta, do you know what's in common with most of our closest friends? Yes, I do. You do? I do. Do you want to know? Yeah. No, I know, but maybe our <laughs> listeners would like to know. They pretty much all walk really intimately along life's journey with Jesus. Cool. So they are as committed, or many of them are more committed than I say we even are, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a really neat commonality that draws us together. And on this episode, we're pretty thrilled that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, really come alongside you to build your finances, build your faith, build your fun, and really 40 years or 30 years, we've been doing yeah. this for, well, no, we've, we've been, been doing life for 40, 40 and yes. over 30 years of walking with Jesus at this point. It took Easter, the first 10 to figure it out. Oh, we were such a mess. <laughs> we're still figuring oh my, it out. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> and so really over 30 years of just 
being able to help strengthen and heal even inside relationships so that we flourish greater. And today, the thought is that we're going to explore that when we come into community, we actually get to go deeper in our relationship with God. Without Mm -hmm. that community, it's more difficult to have the unity even with our creator. Yeah, going alone is a losing formula, right? Losing. Yeah, but I mean, look at Jesus. Jesus was the son of God. Well, I guess he still is the son of God. Let me correct my language there. And when he came to earth, once he left his family, what did he do? Hung out with some people. Gathered 12 people to walk Mm -hmm. with. That was his community. They were his safe place. He, He mentored them, taught them, but also really wanted them to be with him. He loved spending time with them. Right. And one of the amazing things I have found that happens when you do life with people that are like-minded, right? And in our yeah. case, those that are close to Jesus. So we have a like-mindedness, a foundational core belief system. When I get off track, they bring me back into unity. They bring me back into intimacy, whereas I may flounder and get lost. And going alone often is the concept I, I will, I've said for many, many years now, go solo and you go so low because there's nobody to help you come back onto track when you mm. lose track. So they're kind of like your compass needle. When you, mm. when you reach out to your friends when you're struggling, they kind of point you back in the direction of God because of their faith. Right. I remember one time I had just come back from a spiritual retreat. I was part of the leadership team and I had been speaking that weekend and it was fabulous. And then I woke up the next morning and I hit bottom. I have no idea why I got off track so much, but I was a mess. And my habit, this about six years ago. My habit at that point was to hide, right? And maybe you're like that too. Like there was a time in the past where things got really difficult or I felt far from God or I felt isolated. Then I would just isolate myself some more, like with intention. Yeah. I'd separate myself in the house and separate from your friends because you didn't want to talk to anybody. Nobody. And you could go to work and I could maybe keep a composure so that he could leave off. And I just decided I cancel the appointments I'd had that day. I And I don't think anything that was urgent. I didn't have any client facing appointments. There was nothing causing me to step into the better version of myself. Mm-hmm. So I got to live in my little pity party for a period of time. And a couple of my friends, one that was visiting from the States and one that lived here who had been at the retreat, we'd been serving together and actually shared a room because we were known as the early crowd. We'd get up at five. So they put us in a separate building far away from everybody else so that we wouldn't create havoc for the others. And I just ignored any texts, like text messages I got. I didn't look at my email. I didn't listen to my phone. So I figured I was safe and sound to stay in my horrible state until mm-hmm. my two community friends showed up at my door. Why did they show up at your door, Yada? Because I think they tried to reach out to you. That's what I'm saying. I didn't answer my phone. I didn't answer their messages. I didn't answer their email. I was telling the truth. Yeah, you forgot that part. 
No, I said it. Did you say that song? Maybe I just went somewhere else. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That happens to me. So that's what they had done that morning. And because I didn't reply, because I know my responsiveness and my way of being, they showed up and they sat and prayed with me. Mm. They pulled me back into community, not only with them, but pulled me back into union with God. They came into the cave you had hidden in. Mm -hmm. and. Came in to visit you and pulled yeah. you back out. With right them. there. Like right if you're there. watching this on YouTube, the spot where they sat with me was mm. right there. And then eventually we went out in the sunshine and we got some pictures that day. And we we enjoyed the um, beauty of God's creation. Mm-hmm. But it took community to yeah. pull me back into yeah. a decent state. And speaking of community, like Jesus spoke on the mount, right on the mountain. To thousands of people, that was kind of the community. Now, he did send some away. Like, he he said some tough things from time to time to sort people, to see who was truly in his community. And if you're thinking, hey, I'd like maybe a new community, somewhere where I can get some growth, I invite you to uh, check out the 31 Life Step Journey at doubledecker.life, 31 life steps that you'll do in a community. Uh, There are as a Facebook group. And so as you walk through the steps in that towards your life exponential, there'll be a community cheering you on when you post in there the things that it asks you to do. Right. And kind of neat with that particular, um, I'm going to call it journey because it is 31 life step journey. So I guess I could call it a journey is what, what it is is some little videos that we put together and people say they're funny and they make them laugh and sometimes feel sad for us because we're kind of embarrassing ourselves and yet in a good way. Um, and what's great about that is often we can learn more when we're laughing and when we're lighthearted and inside the community. And I'm going to be a little bit honest here. With COVID, we've kind of separated ourselves from our church community, other than a little bit of online. Uh, We haven't been attending regularly, and it's something I'm really missing. And it's been, you know, like we wouldn't go, first of all, during COVID, and then we wouldn't go because we had a trip coming up, or we wouldn't go because we just came back from a trip. Or we were seeing seeing elderly people. We didn't want a chance getting infected. Or spreading it if well, we had it. Yeah, and even you know, with our and even with our clients, we wanted we work with a lot of vulnerable clients, mm-hmm. and we wanted to keep them safe. And a way of doing that was not exposing ourselves greater than right. we needed to. So now that we've been away a long time, it's a challenge to reconnect with community. And maybe you're struggling with the same thing: connecting with a community. It's so important. You know, we find that we can't do life on our own. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus decided he wouldn't do life on his own. Yeah. And bottom line is, if you're going it alone, you're going to be kind of lonely. Like going it alone is not what we were designed for. We were designed to live life in community. It may not be a huge community, but we were designed to live life in community. Yeah. And I always say, quote, unquote, I don't even know who said it originally, but if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And we're honored to be our advocates on this journey of building wealth through real estate, 
and a life exponential. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.